reading from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. All right, well, good morning. So my name is Cody Quinn. I am the Director of Students and Connections here at church, and I'm excited to be able to speak to you guys this morning. And uh, we've been going through our core values the past few weeks. And so Pastor Paul has led us through our core value of gather. He's led us last week through our core value of give, and today I get to lead us and speak on the core value of growing together because we want to be a church that grows together. And uh, before I get started, let me just say a quick word of prayer. Father, we come before you this morning. We give you the glory and the honor, and uh, I pray that my, my words would be your words and that you would speak through me to penetrate the hearts and minds of everyone in here so that we will walk out of here changed and transformed to be more and more like you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, the title of my message is A People Who Grow, and uh, I remember being on sports team when I was little. And so I, I ask you, have you ever been on a team? Have you ever been a part of a team in your life, whether it was a sports team or maybe a, a team at your work now? Can you relate to being on a team? I remember growing up, I tried to play all the sports that I could, and in little Duplin County, North Carolina, we had the, the four big ones, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, and we threw in golf when we got a little older. But here you have all sorts of sports. So I can only imagine how the team dynamics work in these different sports. But I wonder if the teams that you were on, or the teams that you're on currently, they just have that one person that just thinks they are the bomb, that thinks that they are all that you need to win, all that they are everything. And I, I know I remember on my teams growing up that we had that person, and normally they were a good player. But they're the, the person that whenever they strike out, they blame the umpire, they walk to the dugout crying, or on the basketball court, they're always arguing at refs, or they're, they're hot-headed, they have uh, big tempers. And they're these, these kids that normally break up the team aspect of the game. Normally the team, the other players, they begin to despise this one kid, and ultimately it, it runs through the team, and the team unity dissipates because of this one person. And that usually leads to a failed season or at least a failed game. And I wonder if you've experienced some of the same. You know, I, I try to follow sports these days, and uh, there's this team that's super good in the NBA that everyone's been chasing, and that's the Warriors. And you may not can tell what's going on in here, but the Warriors are playing uh, Sacramento or San Antonio. And uh, you see that 
there's three guys on the edge. And now what you know about the Warriors, or what you may not know, is that they have some of the best players in, in the sport to this day on their team. So Steph Curry's sitting in the corner over there. He's the best shooter maybe in the history uh, of the game. Then you have Klay Thompson, another great shooter. And then even Kevin Durant's sitting up there. Uh, he's so tall, he's always open, that DeMarcus Cousins could throw him the ball. He could throw it to any of them. And so you see DeMarcus Cousins on the free throw line, and he's like, who should I pass it to? And they're all pointing to the other person, if you can't tell. They're, Steph Curry's pointing at Clay, and Clay's pointing at Steph, and KD's pointing at both of them. And they're this team. There's no one person saying, me, 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 being this selfish attitude. And that's really why they're so good. It's because they play as a team. They play as this team. They're united on this front. And I think just like the Warriors, just as they're better as a team, even though they have these great players, they're better when they come together, that's the same for the church. That's the same for the church. We're better united playing as a team. And I believe our passage in Ephesians speaks to that today. And so my main point for today is this. As one people, we are called to grow together in the love of Christ. As one people, we are called to grow together in the love of Christ. And we'll break this down in three ways. First, we are to come together. Third, or second, we are to be strengthened together. And then third, we are to be rooted together. So point number one, come together. In Ephesians, we read this, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so we see here, point number one, as we'll get into, is come together. And I've always read this in a particular way. In this passage, Paul says you a lot. He's talking to these people, and I've always read it as like, okay, Paul's talking to me in this moment, in this context. Now, what can I get from this? But taking a deeper dive, what you learn is that Paul is actually talking to a group of people. It's not a message for me. It's not even really a message for you, but it's a message for us as a body, as a family, as a community. And Paul's talking to all of us. To grow, we must come together. And a lot of times when we view our work and when we view our growth, we think that we got to put our heads down, put all the work in ourselves, and then we'll reach this certain point where we have grown or where we can join a certain team or where we can join a certain family. And what Paul is saying is that you're invited, come. I'm here, come together. Just like the warriors are better together, so we are as well. In Psalm 133.1, it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And then in the New Testament, Romans 12, 4 and 5, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. You see, our faith is built in and flourishes in community. It's built in the context of a family. 
And only so much growth can happen in isolation. You can only grow so much when you're uh, not part of a group. And so Paul and God through Paul is encouraging us to come together. It's kind of a hidden truth in this passage, but I believe it's an important truth is that we are, if we want to grow, we are to come together. So point number one is to come together. Point number two is to be strengthened together. We read in Ephesians 16 and 17a this, says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I believe there's two important aspects to point number two or to this portion of scripture. And one is the aspect of he wants to strengthen us according to his riches. That's important. Hold on to that. And then he wants to strengthen us according to his riches through his spirit in our inner being. According to his riches, it's important because a lot of us, we give out of our riches or we give from our riches instead of according to the number of our riches. And so you wonder what is God's wealth or what is God's riches? How does he, what is this according to? What is this according to? Well, we really look in Deuteronomy 10, 14, and it says that, Behold, to the Lord your God belongs heaven and the heaven of heavens, and the earth with all that is in it is the Lord's. The Lord owns it all. His riches are everything, and according to those riches, he gives to us. Hebrews 3, 4, it says, For every house is built by someone, but the, but the builder of all things is God. Kent Hughes, a, a theologian, says that, what Paul is speaking of here is that God's riches display our inadequacy. Displays just how not rich we are. And that God in this passage is saying, hey, I want to strengthen you so that you can handle all of the riches I'm going to give you. All the riches that I want to bestow on you, all the strength that I want to give you. And then the next part I, I think is super great says um, he strengthens us in our inner being through his spirit. And now this is the portion of scripture where it's singular. So all the yous and who Paul is talking to has been this community until this moment Paul breaks that. And now he's talking to the individual. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And he says God wants to strengthen you in your inner being. And why is that important? It's important because it says that God sees you amongst all these people Amongst all, everything on earth, he sees you, and he knows you. Psalm 139 says that he, he knew you and formed you in the womb. God knows the ins and outs of your life. He knows your situation. He sees your marriage. He sees your parenting. He sees your kids. He sees the devastations of life, life the loss of life. He sees the depths of the sin that we're living in. And yet, he says he wants to strengthen us according to his riches. Not ours, but his. He seeks to strengthen you. He sees you, he knows you, and he wants to strengthen you. Just as in the portion of scripture we read earlier, we all have this part to play. We're like a body. We all have this part to play. And as God strengthens us individually, the whole community, the whole family is stronger. So point number one was that we are to come together. Point number two is that we are strengthened together. And point number three is that we should be rooted together. And Ephesians finishes up like this. 
says that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, the truth is this, is that God's riches not only include the earth and all its inhabitants, but it includes this never-ending love. And again, Paul is stating this in the context of community. In the context of community, Paul is urging the church to be rooted and founded in God's love. So what is God's love? We read in 2 Corinthians 8 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for his sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. God gave up everything so that we could be everything and so that we could have everything. That's God's love. In Romans 5, 8, it continues and says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not only did he give up everything for us, but he gave up everything for us while we were messed up, while we were sinners still going astray, he gave us everything. That is the love of God. A.W. Tozer puts it this way. It says, because God is self-existent, his love had no beginning. Because he is eternal, his love can have no end. Because he is infinite, it has no limit. Because he is holy, it is the quintessence of all spotless purity. Because he is eminence, his love is an incomprehensibly vast, bottomless, shoreless sea. God's love, the height, the width, the depth of God's love is so vast. It's infinite. But what does it mean to be rooted in this love? If we are to be rooted together in this love, what does that mean? What does that look like? And the best picture I could get for this, and, and I remember when I was younger, someone, maybe it was science class or something, was talking about these redwood trees on the West Coast. If anyone goes to see them and uh, wants to take me, you can. Because um, I'd love to go see the redwood trees, because they say that they can be over 300 feet tall, 25 feet wide, and I think I saw a picture where like you can drive through one of these things. I don't know. They're, they're huge. They're massive. But the crazy thing is, is that the roots only go like 6 to 12 feet deep. So you're like, how could something so tall, so big, so huge be able to withstand all these years because they're super old trees? How could they withstand all the, the winds and the storms and all that that go on with such short roots? And what you find out is that the roots may not go very deep, but they spread out super wide. So I read one thing that said they could be up to 100 feet long. One thing said they may take up an acre. I don't know. An acre may be 100 feet long. I don't know. But they're super long. They're super wide. But the good thing is, is that these redwood trees, they grow in like patches. They grow, they're all in these little uh, sections by themselves. And so all the roots are interconnected. All the trees are connected to themselves. And so if a tree needs nutrients, it's like, hey, neighbor, I need some nutrients. When the wind blows and storms come, the wind's not just blowing against one tree, it's blowing against all the trees and the strength of all the roots. And when I think about being rooted in the love of God, that's what I see. I really picture uh, from the men's hike when they come up here and I think they say shields up or something like that, and they all lock arms and they get there and they're rooted and locked in together. That's the picture I see is this community, this family 
that comes in and is one body. We're all our individual self, but we're one family, one body. Psalm 133.1, we read it earlier. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. There's power in unity. So today we talked about how we should come together. How Paul's kind of hidden truth in here is that this is not just a promise or an urging for us as individuals, but us as a collective group, as a collective family. We're to be strengthened together and we're to be rooted together in God's love. As one people, we are called to grow together in the love of Christ. And so the challenge or the question is, where do you, where's your challenge at in this message? Do you need to, to come together in a community? Do you need to find that group that you can connect with? Is that community group something that you need to finally step up and go to and try out? Or do you need to show up on a more consistent basis here at the Sunday morning family? What is it? Do you need to show up? And, but there's another side to, to showing up. There's another side of coming together, and that's actually participating and wherever you're at, being, being vulnerable, letting people into the dark places of your lives. It, unity and coming together isn't just about presence, but it's about actually opening up, being your real self. So do you need to find that community to plug into? Or do you need to be strengthened? Do you need to be strengthened? There's a scripture in Proverbs that talks about who you hang out with most is who you will be like. And I wonder if our proximity to God has left us weak because we're far away from God. We've turned our backs, maybe. How many of us need to be strengthened in the love of God by drawing closer to him? And then maybe you just need to dig your roots down deeper and wider. Maybe you need to find some people to lock arms with or to lock roots with and to not only be loved, but to be loved to someone else. So we are to come together, to be strengthened together, and to be rooted together. Let me pray. Father, as we read and talk about your love this morning, uh, we just give you the glory and we say thank you for that love. We don't deserve it. We still don't deserve it, and yet you still lavish it upon us. So God, thank you. We give you the glory this morning. And just as Paul closed his prayer in Ephesians, I pray this in closing. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.